welcome to a bonus episode of the Inspirational Athletes Podcast here on the Always Lancaster Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper and LancasterOnline.com, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, this is kind of a, a bonus in a way. I was debating putting this podcast up probably like third week of September of what it would have originally been, but um, I'm putting it here in August because um, the woman who was on this show this week is named Carrie Johnson. She works with the local Girls on the Run uh, nonprofit here in Lancaster, and they're opening registration, I believe, August 8th, um, and that'll run for a few weeks. And uh, their actual 10-week Girls on the Run program begins in the first week of September. If you have no idea what Girls on the Run is, Carrie does a great job of breaking it down, and that's why she's here. Um, But essentially, she and another lady helped start the Lancaster branch anyway back in 2009. Um, And that was at, like, two schools. It has since grown um, exponentially year to year. And uh, I believe I'm trying to look up the numbers as we speak here. Year to date, they've helped over 12,000 girls and families. The The program is now basically at every school, whether it be elementary, middle, high school, in Lancaster and Lebanon County. So if you have a daughter in any of the schools in Lancaster, Lebanon counties, and, and want to know more about this program, this is the perfect place uh, for you. But basically, it's a uh, 10-week program that helps, to, that helps girls basically learn how to... Uh, I don't know, become a better person um, and kind of relate to different things uh, that they have going on in their lives. Just bullet points that, that's, at least on the website anyway, teaches the girls confidence, care, character, connections, competence, contribution. Yeah, it's girls on the run. Run is in the program. But basically, um, and Carrie does a better job of explaining this, but it's, I believe, twice a week after school, uh, Monday through Friday over those 10 weeks, where each week they have like a theme that they're trying to teach the girls and it's not just running yeah running is incorporated but they have different activities um, that they try to teach these girls and help them become uh, better people and and teach them skills that might help them later on in life i think it's a really wonderful program um, that's doing a lot to change the lives for the better of a lot of girls um, locally and i basically you know like to occasionally switch it up on this podcast and provide a platform for these types of, of organizations, um, you know, that are, that are making a difference here in Lancaster. And yeah, usually we have a, a player or a coach on and kind of hear those journeys. And while those are worthwhile too, you know, I, I, you know, I think this is obviously equally worthwhile as well. You know, it's, it's helping young girls and, um, yeah, Carrie does a great job of explaining it by the way. She's also, uh, if you're not really familiar with that name yeah, it's Carrie Johnson, but her maiden name was Carrie Scranton. What brought her to Lancaster, um, cause she's originally from Bradford County. She came to play basketball at Franklin and Marshall college in the late eighties. And she was a member of the 1987 Franklin and Marshall women's basketball team that reached the sweet 16. I believe it's the only F and M women's basketball team that, that went that far in the NCAA tournament. And that team I believe was inducted into the uh, diplomat sports hall of fame a handful of years ago. So yeah, Carrie also has a local tie in. All right. With all that out of the way onto our conversation with Carrie Johnson from girls on the run. Enjoy. Well, hey, thanks for, for making time on here. Before I get to girls on the run stuff, um, I kind of wanted to just give people an idea of like, who are we talking to here and, and give you a background and we'll get into your position at girls in the run and what you do there and all that. But just as far as kind of your upbringing, obviously if you're involved in something that's, uh, involves physical activity, you probably grew up in that sense. Um, where, first off, where are you originally from? I'm from Tawanda, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. um, I was born in Lancaster and then was raised in Tawanda, Pennsylvania. What school district for those who aren't familiar? Tawanda. Tawanda school district. All right. yeah, what so County? 
Bradford County. Bradford County. Yes. All right, that makes so more up sense. Up near the New York State border. Um, and did you grow up like an athletic household or anything? Like I did. Um, we had a great balance and focus in our household between academics and athleticism. And I can honestly say that so much of the ability to look forward and set goals and um, and achieve and work hard and fail and then get back up on your feet came from that blend of household of academics and athlete and athleticism a lot of siblings. we all ran track i just have a brother okay. he um he was a great athlete as, and he just he carried on in college as well mm-hmm. older younger he's younger he's, he's five younger. years all younger right. so you were yes. the role model uh, whatever no. i don't know if i, I was the older <laughs> one and i kind of you know that the generalization of the older sibling i kind of carry right. that as well who would you say when you were a kid like what was your favorite athlete um who you looked up to like growing up I was, I always loved track and field, and I, I loved, um, back then, it was Bruce Jenner back then, and um, gosh, I'm drawing blanks on names, and tennis as well, and I loved watching, um, I feel like women's sports was different back then, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it felt more young and infant. Would that have been, uh, oh, what's In her name, Jean King? Billie uh, Jean, Jean King, yes, um, um, oh, yeah. What's her name? Um, blonde it's hair, Chris Everts. Chrissy Everts. Yes, right. she, in fact, um, got to see her at the U.S. Open one time, which was she was really far away, but <laughs> that was mind blowing to me when I was, you know, about twelve right. years old. When you at that same age, what did you tell yourself? I'm going to be this when I grow up. You know, I. I loved um, just being outside and ex- being the best I could be at whatever I did. That's and how it was back then. You didn't have cell phones to I know. distract you and know? all. You there, had to be outside climbing trees and it stuff. Was, right? It seemed healthier yeah. for, for some reason. <laughs> it just seemed much more open. The minds were more open. Um, so what did I want to be? I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then I thought I wanted to be in sports medicine. And um, then in college, I totally switched that all up. Sports and medicine because like you got injured along the way. And I really saw that didn't. Side of thing? I no? really didn't. Right. But I wanted to work with athletes. Okay. I thought that makes sense. Um, yeah, and eventually, so you go on to play basketball. What brings you to Lancaster, Franklin, and Marshall College, um, where you played 1986 through 1990? For those who uh, either are too young to know that or unfamiliar with that, th- those kind of years. Um, what position did you play for that team? And, and the diplomats put together some uh, pretty successful teams during your run there. Oh, we had that was such a terrific experience. Um, we uh, had a team full of such talent on and off the court, which was beautiful to see us all come together from all different walks of life, and then to see the end result of um, you know a team going the furthest that a women's team has ever gone at FNM into the NCAAs. I played in number three position, which was a swing guard, um, preferring to stay out of the key, but more um, moving things around in the outside. So how would you describe yourself as a player then? Like really good outside shooter in offense and then yes. like a lockdown on defense, I guess, a little right, bit? Right, right. Quick on my feet um, defensively. And um, I tried to be a good outside shooter, mostly because I was afraid of getting hurt on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What year would that have been just as far as uh, when you guys made that run to Sweet 16? 1987, I believe. I was born that year, but. Oh, my word. Um, Not the age year or anything. Um, And then I guess lastly, as far as along these lines of fun questions, as far as what got you to the point, like, 
to this career that you're at now? Like, when did you realize, obviously you've been in this role for a while, but like, when did you kind of get an idea, this is what I want to do? I imagine probably sometime in college is when you start your studies and all that stuff. You know, I, if you had said to me, you will be the executive director of a nonprofit called Girls on the Run 30 years ago, I would have said, what? What? <laughs> so I left college and um, I made my, I made my world human resources in the hotel industry and and mostly because I love connection and I love helping people and um, face to face helping them understand what their natural gifts are and then lifting them up um, because so many of us lose sight of what makes us who we are and what makes us unique mm -hmm. and you can listen to me right now and you can start to hear how that transitions into girls mm -hmm. on the run eventually um, so yes I did a lot of human resources a lot of organizational development a lot of training and leadership development and um, then had a, a, a moment, a real eye-opening moment with one of my daughters when I said, you know, I've got to make a life change um, because I'm missing out on their lives. And um, the life change, that journey ended up being starting Girls on the Run missing here in Lancaster. because like you were working I was working so much. Or? I was working a lot. Okay. And my girls were saying, Mom, you go and you run with your friends early in the morning on Saturdays and we don't see you very much during mm. the week. You're not in our classroom as much as you used to. Um, and you're in such a good mood when you exercise. Why don't you exercise with us? <laughs> Meanwhile, they were six and eight. But, um, okay. you know, it really, I paused and I thought and I said, this career will be here later and my girls won't. So mm. I'm going to, uh, together, I talked to my husband and we made an important decision. And that was that I would shift and uh, gain control back of my schedule so that I could have more time with the girls. And um, they ran this little half half mile run, and we took them to the track just just so they could realize how far two times around the track felt like they were little. And um, they both finished and had ribbons. And I remember looking at them as I was taking their picture and thinking, they're appreciating and realizing how any of us as adults feel when we set a goal in our lives, whether it's cognitive, cerebral, mental, emotional, physical. And whatever it is, and we work hard towards that goal, and then we achieve it. And it was such a simple thing that they did, yet I watched their faces and realized there's something to this. So I went home that day and Googled girl self-esteem and running, and Girls on the Run came up. <laughs> and that's when I said, okay, this is the wow. journey. Right. And, um, and then together with um, a friend of mine, Jennifer, we got it started here in Lancaster 10 years ago. Oh, that's going to be my next question. Was it already Girls on the Run existing in Lancaster at that point? Because obviously it's a national uh, thing yes. now. and Well, it's always been a national thing, but I guess you guys started the Lancaster branch of it? We did in 2009. Then. Okay, so you have at that point probably an idea, a business background. Um, anytime yes. you're kind of launching a business, this is a nonprofit, of course. Um, there's going to be steps that you have to take and there's difficulties along the way that first year or two. Can you kind of in a nutshell just kind of paint a picture of what that looked like? You know, I have to say that my other career, well, my other career, um, focusing on people's natural gifts and strengths, having mm -hmm. my own consulting, um, it was almost uh, working for a company like the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company mm. where you feel like you earn a business degree every year that you work there. They invest so much in team members. Um, I feel like I had a great package to be able to um, tap into our community and figure out who would be interested in supporting this and uh, who wants to partner with us and 
who can I learn from as we try to create this mm. this program? And um, it was it was so much fun, and it continues to be so much fun. Yeah. Um, so that first year in Lancaster, and I'll get to the growth part, but like. How many, um, I don't know, schools or how many kids were involved? Like, what, what did that look like in the first couple of years? You know, it's so funny. The very first season in fall of 2009, we invited the founder of Girls on the Run. Her name is Molly Barker. She's fabulous. And her story is amazing as to why she started this program and created the curriculum. Um, she started it in 1996. Um, so we invited her to be there for our kickoff. And, you know, we were word of mouth and through social media talking about this great program coming to Lancaster, yet we really didn't know how much to talk about it because we didn't know how quickly it would grow. We didn't know what our foundation needed to look like to grow it throughout the county. We were learning as we were moving along. So uh, we had two teams at Landisville intermediate and primary center in Hempfield because that's where our girls were. And um, there were 25 girls, 13 on one team, 12 on another. And uh, there are always three, at least three coaches per team of 15 to 20 girls. And so that very first season, you know, we kicked off with that great kickoff with Molly Barker being there and we had all these confidence stations and all that the girls already had their season t-shirts it was, it was a sea of orange and she spoke to the girls directly and signed their shirts and it just ever since that day it has continued to levitate girls and has continued to take off I mean I think about those 25 girls today and the girls who are in fourth grade that year in 2009 just graduated oh, wow. from high school and we had them handing out medals at our 5k <laughs> in the spring so the girls who are in third grade will be the last girls from our very first team who will graduate next year and they will be at that finish line and um, we parents who know all those girls and teachers and there's so many comments about how these girls have a light they're different their leaders wow. in their own respective ways. Yeah, and I'll get to that in a second as to how you guys build that into these participants and girls that you've impacted so many times over the years. But I guess at that point, those initial couple of years and that, that launch event and whatnot, you probably don't think like, okay, we're going to get to <laughs> X amount of schools in this year. And like, it kind of just happens over, over the, the years. And um, has the number, I guess, of employees as far as the Lancaster branch, that's probably boosted up to in the last 10 years, I guess? To, it has significantly. Right. So what started with um, myself and my colleague Jennifer West, um, now there were just two of us. Now three of us are full-time and we have um, seven part-time team members who work with us. And it's really necessary for us to bring the quality of programming that our girls deserve in and, Lancaster uh, and Lebanon. And I'll get into the finer details uh, in a bit, but just as far as to, to give people an idea, okay, from those initial couple schools and uh, all the girls helping to the, what it is now, um, to give people an idea, Lancaster and Lebanon County, it's pretty much every school district in yes. Lancaster and Lebanon yes. County is involved. How so? I was going over the list. There's like elementary school. There's a list of several pages of elementary schools all involved, I guess, across the, those two counties. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Would you be able to put like a rough number of how many schools, I guess, are involved? Sure, sure. I, I'll use last spring as an okay. example. Um, the spring season tends to be our bigger season, and the fall season isn't as large. It's about two-thirds the size of our spring season. Mm. I think we're not sure why, but we think 
it's because of the sports that are in the fall that might attract more girls, um, the after-school sports or soccer or whatever it might be. And it's also harder with the summer in between to recruit girls. Um, so in the spring, we had 99 teams across Lancaster and Lebanon counties and 74 different schools. So what that means is that 25 of those schools had more than one team. And that's really what we're going for. We wanted, we really want to deepen our relationship with the schools, with the families that we work with, with the girls, with our donors, with our coaches, with all of our volunteers. And we know that's happening yeah. because the, of the way uh, it's growing. The 10-week program that we know of now, what, mm-hmm. was it kind of that way that first year too? Was it was a 12-week oh, that first right. year. Right. And uh, <laughs> So to kind of give people an idea, the girls in the run program, I mean, I could probably go over it, but that's why you're here. Um, just as far as it's grades three through 12, but it's at three different levels. Grades three through five is the girls in the run program. Grades six through eight is the heart and soul girls in the run program. And then the high school grades nine through 12 are essentially when you encourage those students to help out as volunteers and coaches. So for those who might be completely unfamiliar with what in the world we're talking about today, what is Girls on the Run program? What does it consist of? So Girls on the Run is the umbrella name of our organization. And um, third through fifth grade, the curriculum called is called Girls on the Run. Mm-hmm. And then sixth through eighth grade, the curriculum is called Heart and Soul. And then in Mm. high school, we invite girls to be volunteer coaches, and um, we call that a junior coaching program. And essentially, that gives us the opportunity to offer to girls third through 12th grades um, the chance to be involved Mm. in our life-changing curriculum and really really learn some really unique leadership opportunity and some skills. So for instance, if you happen to be a parent and you have a daughter in an elementary school somewhere in the county and mm-hmm. they happen to, to be involved with Girls in the Run, um, and then they look into, okay, what is this? And I want to get my kids signed up. Like, What is that 10-week program for that, that child or student? What is it like? Yeah. It's twice a week right after school, and it's 90 minutes each time. So traditionally in the elementary school setting, it's usually 3.30 to 5. And then middle school, um, girls tend to get out a little bit earlier. So many times it's 3.15 to 4.45 or maybe even a little bit earlier until 4.30. And um, those 90 minutes are spent on our curriculum. So every single lesson is different. Um, Although Girls on the Run has the word run in the title, we use running as a tool, not as the number one focus. So running helps us give girls the tools to be able to, you know, learn to celebrate their bodies. And through the lessons, everything is experiential. And so they're moving forward and they're moving as they're learning. And something we've learned is that girls can learn. They can be emotional and physical at the same time. And there's a lot of processing in our in our curriculum. So that 90 minutes, there's three parts. There's a warm-up where we, well, first there's a getting on board where we talk to the girls about the theme of the lesson. The theme of the lesson might be being emotional is healthy. If that's the theme of the lesson, then the um, getting on board is a bit of an exercise to start warming up their brains as to what it means. What are emotions? Are they good and bad, or are they mainly comfortable or uncomfortable? And so we start to set the stage, and then there's a warm-up. And the warm-up itself is some sort of experiential game where we, we're not tricking the girls into running or moving forward, but essentially they 
they are doing something fun to warm up their bodies and move their bodies physically. And it might be a game of leapfrog. It depends on the lesson itself. Or I might say, hey, all right, girls, so John's going to be 25 yards down there. I'm going to read a statement. If it's true to you, you run down, give him a high five, and run back. (laughs) And the true to you statements might be, I love chocolate chip cookies. And then it might go to, I live at home with a mom and a dad. Then it might go to, I cried last week. And so you really start to, girls start to pay attention to know who is living in what what life um, at that lesson and then the third part is the workout itself Mm. and the workout itself is where we start building that endurance towards the season ending 5k so it's always timed and um, we'll say you know it might be a 20 minute run today and if it's a 20 minute run you're never just running the Mm. girls are always um, either in pairs and every time they finish their quarter mile lap the a coach will be there and say okay now here's a scenario talk through this one how would you handle this emotion if a friend were having this issue and or it might be um, a silent gratitude lesson or it might be a lesson where you learn how to pace or so every every time there's a workout in every well every workout there's something the girls are thinking about pertinent to the lesson Mm. in between each each of these three is processing with open-ended questions so the girls are taking what they're learning and they're talking about it and we know just from studies that when you talk about and experience something physically together and alone you tend to start making it part of your life Mm -hmm. so that's how this program starts to really work and become part of the girl's life and their language so i have a lot of questions coming out you did a great job (laughs) really explaining a lot of that um by the way thank you um some of the characteristics that you guys uh, at least list on the website just as far as confidence care character connections i think a good example of that that you just mentioned, you know, we do these activities of, okay, I like chocolate, chocolate chip cookies, I, I did this yesterday, too, I live at home with two parents, I live at home with one parent. At that age, you know, oftentimes that's something the kids don't even think about, and then they realize, oh, well, you live at home with a single parent, too, and then they bond and make that the connection part, I guess, is where an example of that comes into play, I mm-hmm. guess, and mm-hmm. you hope through that that they're able to kind of make those bonds and find similar students and and develop i guess those friendships through you know kids facing similar hardships which at that age it's kind of hard to realize what is a hardship anyway exactly i mean you're so right in that you know so many of these girls who participate may not have had a chance to be on a team per Mm. se at any point in their lives or even be in a space like Girls on the Run creates, which is a total safety zone. And when we train our volunteer coaches, we talk so much about creating right. that um, that positive environment where the girls feel like they can be totally themselves and be accepted as they are authentically. And the, the elementary school, the grades three through five, um, is it any different from what the grades six through eight it is. Is it? It okay. is different uh, because we because it needs to be mo- more relevant or it needs to be relevant to the age group. Mm-hmm. So third through fifth is um, a lot of games and experiential. Um, sixth through eighth, we start to have um, the girls do some journaling 
and spending, doing some self-assessment and spending some time with themselves. Um, here, here's one example that the curriculum is different. And third through fifth, we have a community impact project that every team does. And the girls plan that together with their coaches and they choose who they want to impact in the community, then they go do it. Mm. And so with- like a volunteer type of exactly, project? Exactly, exactly. Okay. So we have things, we've had, oh gosh, so many great, great, great things. For instance, um, one of our schools, this season chose to each girl the the entire team got together and they all painted these power rocks bright colors and they paint like <laughs> strong or joyful or kind on them and then they asked us for the address of every single girls on the run council and they sent a power rock as a kindness piece to every single girls on the run council oh, cool. and the reason they did that was because one of the girls on this team is a niece of a teacher who passed away nine years ago at that school and they do a kindness day in her honor every year and they chose to extend it and make it bigger this year wow. so why I wanted to highlight that one specifically is because the girls think about their worlds and they mm -hmm. think about who impacts them and how do they want to give back. Mm -hmm. um, another example was that um, one of our girls in one of the school districts, her brother had just had um, a blood illness and she said, gosh, if it weren't for blood that was donated to him, he wouldn't be alive. So they planned a blood drive wow. and um, some account or some teams decide to raise money yeah. for girls on the run or for you know muscular dystrophy one team swam for them and all and kinds of things that's kinds of things like maybe that's the first time in their young lives that they're doing that so maybe exactly. it establishes something in their soul that opens them up to as they grow older be more willing to volunteer or help you know other organizations like that and it's kind of the characteristic part I guess where it comes into place right it's that social back. awareness yeah. and um, just just to point out mm. then for the heart and soul program the sixth or eighth grade program and this is how they're different mm. um, the girls choose uh, an area in their life that's important to them and then they individually go volunteer their time instead of as a team coming up right. with a big project and then the You've been mentioning it here. There's a at the end of the 10-week program. There's a 5K, I guess, that's held at one location where all the girls from Lancaster, Lebanon counties who did Girls in the Run at those schools, I guess, come together on one day and do this 5K. What does that entail? What is that day like? Oh, it's totally magic. It's it's the <laughs> happiest, most magical day of the year, and we have so many people who don't even have daughters in the program who come to that day because they want to get filled up. They just wow. want to get filled up with good. So imagine that, awesome. you know, you're at either Millersville University or Franklin and Marshall College, you know, the fall and the spring locations for the 5Ks. And you've got 1,500 girls in the spring, roughly. And then each girl chooses a running buddy that they have um, as a positive force on the course with them. <laughs> so these girls choose janitors, teachers, coaches, moms, dads, family members, friends. Um, and then some, we always have a handful of running buddies in our back pocket for girls who might not have someone who can run a 5K and be a positive force on the course in their lives. So, um, so you've got 1,500 girls, 1,500 running buddies, coaches jump in and run, and then we open this to the community to wow. participate in our 5Ks because we want to share the magic of what these girls experience. And, um, you know, there's, 
when those as those girls cross that finish line, it's so much more symbolically than just really crossing that finish line. They've learned so much over those 10 weeks and developed and connected with so many other girls on their team. They've developed their character further. They're more caring. They share their voice more. They're ready to activate their power. We've given them tools to really go out there and create their own agency. Do you, and I'll get into the finer details of, of how they sign up and what that 10K were and all that stuff, but just this kind of popped into my mind now. I don't know, the, these kinds of programs that you guys are doing, and yeah, it's growing in size and it's helping so many girls. Do you feel like, I don't know, in a way it's more important now than maybe it's ever been? Um, I don't know, just with the existence of social media and bullying seems to be ever more present than it's ever been. And um, I'm just kind of curious of how you think your, your role or your group has played a factor in that. I'm sitting here nodding, and um, I, I think that our growth answers your question. Uh, so we started in 2009, and now um, we have grandparents, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles calling us before registration to ask, when does registration open? It's so important that my daughter or the girl I love um, become involved in this program. So many guidance counselors help make sure that the girls are in the program who will really benefit. Um, so. Yes, um, we're living in a world that is so fast-paced, and sometimes we lose sight of what's most important, which is really loving the person who you are and loving the people around you. And we teach girls to really open their eyes and their hearts to the people around them, and most importantly, to themselves. Because I and imagine you're getting those calls because maybe there's a girl out there who feels like she's alone in her cause or mm-hmm. her, her hardship, and it's like this group will, in a way, show no, there's all these other girls who are experiencing the same thing and can get on the same page and get help through this program, essentially. Yes, I mean, we know, because we've done longitudinal studies, we know that this tent, quantitatively, this program impacts girls in significant ways. 97% of them walk away with the ability to connect in stronger ways, the ability to confront negativity, the ability to make better decisions. And, you know, those are the types of things that when... I think about what I want my two girls to walk away with. Confidence is so important. With confidence, you make better decisions, you, f- you take more risks, you make mistakes, yet you're able to figure out how to get back up with the help of others. And it, these girls really, t- in this day and age, um, need to know that they're all that. Mm-hmm. They, they really can. Right. All right, so if I have a daughter at an elementary school somewhere in Lancaster and Lebanon counties, how can I find out more information about this program? Oh, my gosh. You can go to our website, gotrlancaster.org. And um, right now we have about between 40 and 50 sites who have already signed on for the fall. Um, We're anticipating between 60 and 70 sites for the fall. And... um, if and usually we we anticipate these numbers and it ends up being more which is terrific and um, we'll probably have about 800 to 900 girls this season um, in Lancaster and Lebanon then in the spring we'll probably have about 1500 to 1600 girls in Lancaster and Lebanon and like um, 2400 2500 roughly a year started the first year with what 25 girls wow yes for you Um, and the the it begins essentially September 
4th? September 4th, September 4th, the season kicks off. Um, you can go on our website right now and look okay. at all the registration dates um, and when if, they open. Uh, do, they, do they have to be signed up like before it begins? Like if you're two weeks into the season, can a girl join or how does that work? We have um, like a, a week of kind of leeway time. Okay. Um, it, once you miss more than four lessons, You've really kind. It would be really hard for a girl to catch up with the connection that's been made. So, um, plus our teams fill up. So, um, we uh, do our best to accommodate every single girl, and sometimes it's not always possible. And then the actual 5K that you guys are leading up to. When is that scheduled for, and where is that? Our fall 5K is November 10th, Mm -hmm. and it's at Millersville University at 9 o'clock in the morning. And um, in the past, we've had wind, we've had lots of chilliness, and, you know, it's it's just so beautiful to watch these girls, even though they're shivering, (laughs) they're bringing their own sunshine. They're ignoring it. They're they're just overwhelmed by the excitement and knowing that everyone there today is there for them. Mm -hmm. And the cost of it. I was kind of looking into that before we started recording here. Yes. It's kind of like on a, on a sliding scale because you try to make it affordable. Can you just kind of chat about that quickly? Absolutely. It's really important to us that any girl can participate in Girls on the Run. Um, we want this program to be accessible. We want to be inclusive of any girl, regardless of any limitations. And one of those limitations sometimes is financial. Mm. And um, so what we do is, you know, if you look at our website, there is a sliding scale. And it's um, based on recommended house household income. We ask no questions. We simply ask that whoever loves this girl that is signing her up goes ahead and does that on the website and only we see it. The coaches don't see it and honestly we want every single girl who wants to do this program to be signing up. We never want to hear that oh it costs too much money because over 50% of our girls can't pay the full fee Mm. and we feel like that is amazing and you know that number means that we are hitting corners of our two counties where this program really needs to be. And that's why we fundraise on the backside. Right. And I was going to kind of my next list of questions for you. Yeah, there's, if they're not able to pay, you guys are helping cover it in a sense. And you do that through sponsors, through donations and through fundraising. Um, One of those fundraising events uh, scheduled for October 19th. um, Yes. Kicking up kindness. Out at the Country Barn on Donnerville Road. Can you just kind of Talk us through that. What does that look like? This will be our second annual barn event. Oh, really? wow. um, last year was our inaugural, and it is a night focused on our girls, our mission, and really raising funds for our girls. It's the whole environment is denim with a splash of pink. It's really relaxed. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. We have a terrific band. Um, we have barbecue. We have beverages, and um, we talk about our girls, and we show a video, and we do a bit of educating, and there's silent auction, and really the night is all about lifting up our girls and being able to raise more funds so we can say yes to even more girls. Do you have any idea, so this is the second, last year was the first one? Yes. How much money did you raise through that? Last year, we had a really successful event. We raised about $50,000. Wow. All right, so let's try to top it this time. Right, and that allows us then to continue to keep our minds and our hearts open to Mm -hmm. um, you know things like being able to purchase equipment for our girls who have adapted needs Mm -hmm. for our girls who have physical and cognitive adapted needs and we're able to now purchase two hand um, 
hand-generated bikes so that girls whose legs may not be strong enough can now participate in another way. And we really want to remove any type of barrier to a girl saying, oh, I can't do Girls on the Run. I wish I could. We never want to hear that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's something that, man, I feel ignorant. I didn't even think about that to this point. Um, another way to kind of help support financially anyway is something called a soulmate, soul spelled S-O-L-E, as in the sole of your foot. Um, I, I imagine, like, I'm a runner. I do it to stay in shape. I've participated in half marathons and whatnot. And sometimes people like to participate in marathons through, okay, every mile I run, um, they get people to pledge a certain amount of money for every mile that they run a certain race. So mm -hmm. I imagine the soulmate is kind of similar to that in a sense. We, our soulmate, um, we ask each soulmate to generate $300 at least. Uh, and that will cover two girls on full scholarship. Wow. And um, right now we have quite a few soulmates who are out there doing their thing. To be a soulmate, you don't have to participate in a planned event, although most people do. Um, you choose what is it that makes your soul soar, and then put a fundraising element out there and ask your friends to donate. So once we had one woman who said, I'm gonna run every day in the month of July, <laughs> and she raised money that way. And, um, and then we have Ragnar teams that go out and um, are raising money. And in fact, my family and I, we were four soulmates yesterday at a half marathon in Vermont wow. to raise money for our girls here You're in Lancaster, in Lebanon. Yesterday? We were. Oh, my goodness. We were. Right. So it's been a long 24 hours for you. Thanks for, for stepping in here and talking. I'll give you a, a chance to plug everything here in, in just a second. Um, I will say this. If you guys like what you hear today, then you'll enjoy listening to the previous 90-plus episodes. So feel free to go back and listen to those in archives. With that being said, I'm always looking for any suggestions for future guests on this, on this show. So if you listen to this and think, hey, I know this person, they'd be great. Throw me an email, jwalk at lnpnews.com or contact me on the Twitter at jwalklnp. Uh, Carrie, how can folks find out more information about Girls on the Run? Where can they follow you on social media and all that? Yes, so uh, we are on every social media platform and it's either Girls on the Run Lancaster or GOTR Lancaster. Mm. Um, and that is a great way to be able to see what is happening. So uh, this year coming up, we're going to start celebrating and thinking about 10 years. And in January, we will start a one-year celebration of 10 years. And um, we're still deciding exactly how to celebrate that. What we do know is that year to date, we've served 12,000 girls and their families. And we also know that we serve so, many, so much more than the girls. And, um, you know, our stories are numerous and in fact prolific and there are so many quali you know qualitatively of how this program has changed a girl's life a running buddy's life a teacher's life a parent's life um, you name it if you're connected to someone in girls on the run you can't help but want to be part of the magic yeah cool all right well hey before we wrap up here I just want to give a shout out to my colleagues Tyler Huber and Irene Snyder they are the engineers slash producers of this podcast thanks to another colleague Claudia Espenshade she gets this thing online so thanks to them. Thanks to you guys and gals for listening. Carrie, thanks for uh, stopping in, sharing your story, and uh, chatting about Girls on the Run. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, we hope awesome. to see you at our 5K. Yeah.